Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. Good morning. Today we'll be talking about dementia, which is something that is fairly common, but we need to know a lot more about. Thank you, Dr. Adela, for coming on the program to talk to us once more. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. You're welcome. Now, we're talking today about dementia. You know, I think it's something that we, when we were talking about aging earlier, we had, a, we, had we sort of touched on, but we just want to talk a bit more about dementia and Alzheimer's. There's a lot of confusion. What is dementia? What is Alzheimer's? Are they the same thing? Who does what affect and so on? So can you just sort of clear that up for people? What is dementia and how does it differ from Alzheimer's? Okay, so the way I try to explain this to people is to use another term. So dementia is um, a condition that affects the brain and manifests in a certain way. And there are different causes of dementia. So, for instance, if you have a fever, you could have a fever, which is the way you present. So you present to hospital with a fever. And people say, oh, she's got a fever. So that is what you've come to hospital with. And and we know you have a fever because your body temperature, your body temperature is, is quite hot. Then there are different causes of that fever. It could be malaria. It could be lymphoma. It could be tuberculosis. It could be so many other things, autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis. That is the way I try to describe dementia and Alzheimer's. So, so dementia is a general term for a, a, a condition that affects the brain. People manifest in a certain way with dementia. So people manifest with what we call cognitive impairments or memory loss, memory problems, behavioral problems, problems, sometimes emotional problems. And, and it's a debilitating disease. It's a what we call a neurodegenerative disease, a set of symptoms presenting in a certain, you know, in a certain way caused by um, diseases. So Alzheimer's is a cause of dementia. Alzheimer's is the commonest cause of dementia worldwide. There are other causes of dementia. There's vascular dementia, which is caused by damage to the blood vessels of the brain. There's something else called Lewy body dementia, which is a different cause of dementia. But dementia in itself, you know, for us to say you've got dementia, you have to have presented with certain things. Memory loss, you know, not being able to function in certain ways, not being able to sometimes look after yourself, not being able to, um, you know, behave in certain ways. People forget how to um, do certain things. And ultimately, dementia as a condition leads to, to death because people can get to that point where they actually forget how to eat, drink, swallow, you know, and so dementia can lead to death. But dementia is just a general term for, uh, you know, a condition that people manifest with. 
we say, oh, this person has got dementia because they have presented in this way. They've got loss of memory. They can't remember things. They're behaving in a certain way. You know, they're, uh, the way they're functioning, you know, can yeah. affect the way they walk, talk, you know, behave. Yeah. So no, I hope that you, clears that up. Yes, it, it's clear that up. I think that, that, that makes it quite clear that, um, you know, dementia um, is sort of like an umbrella for a number of conditions. But mm. um, the issue we, or, or what we'd like to know a bit more about is how does it manifest? You've talked about memory loss. Is there an age which it starts? Is it more common in men or women? And, you know, is it, is it progressive? Because a lot of people, you know, have memory loss. Mm. Does that mean they've got dementia? How do you determine or how can you distinguish between just normal memory loss or stress memory loss or an actual problem that people need to seek help for? Well, I, I always say that by the time people have um, an issue with their memory that is actually affecting their day-to-day living. Can you give an example? So if, um, for instance, someone can't remember, you know, sometimes people say to me, oh, I'm forgetting things. They're very worried. I'm forgetting things. I keep forgetting things, but they're working. They work. They're doctors or, you know, accountants or whatever. They, they're able to function normally. They just forget things like, oh, they can't remember where they put their glasses or they can't remember where they put their, their keys. You know, things like that can happen because you've just got a lot on your mind. When it becomes a problem where, you know, the people around you or the people around this person actually start to notice that there's an issue. So it's become something that they notice. It's actually affecting their, their lives. Some people get to the point where they can't function. So they can't carry out executive functions. They, they find that, you know, their family members find that, first of all, they can't remember people's names, people around them. So not people they haven't seen for a long time, people around them, like, you know, the people in the house, they can't remember what they had for breakfast. They go out and, you know, can't remember where they are. Sometimes maybe even within the house, they can't remember how to, say, get from their room to, like, the bathroom. It's actually affecting mm. their day-to-day living. Then there's a problem, you know. Some people can't remember. They start to lose lose things, lose money. They, they, they keep something somewhere and they can't find it. They actually can't find it. It's not just a case of, oh, I think I misplaced my key or whatever. It's actually becoming a problem for them and the people around them. You know, then it's not just a case of simple, oh, I, I just forgot this. It's 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 actually a, an issue. It's actually a, a concern. So if we can talk about a bit about it, because I think you've explained how it can, you know, progress and lead to death, and, and which is also quite alarming. I think the number one question on a lot of people's minds as they're listening to this is, I mean, is, is dementia preventable? Is it inescapable? So um, a lot of research has gone into um, dementia over the years because it is such a big problem worldwide. And the evidence shows that about approximately 30% of dementias are preventable. Approximately 30% of dementias. There is a genetic factor to dementia like Alzheimer's. So, you know, all we can do really is just try and 
go with the evidence of the research of what's been done and just work with that and do the things that we know can prevent this 30% of you know can you can you give some examples for people listening what are the kinds of things that they should be looking at how should they be you know working on this issue of dementia to prevent it i'm i'm just going to not not because we don't have that much time so one of the things that has been proven to uh, be beneficial in trying to in reducing your risk is things like physical activity exercise so there are lifestyle changes that one can adopt so physical activity exercise diet eating right i mean when i was all those years ago we used to talk about the mediterranean diet which basically just talks it's basically just green leafy vegetables um etc um cutting down on um toxins you know um smoking reducing the amount of alcohol that one consumes um other things like where well, we talk about brain boosting activities um you know brain boosting activities so maintaining a good social life you know not living in isolation we found that people who have untreated depression can end up later with dementia um and people who have hearing loss that is not attended to can also end up with dementia those are things that one can work on for for us in nigeria or in what i found over the past 5 years is that when we do scans of most of our patients so most of our patients tend to have what we call vascular problems so in the brain you when you you've done an mri head you see that there's lots of lots of people have had problems to the blood vessels of the brain from things like poorly controlled hypertension poorly controlled diabetes you know cholesterol what we call vascular risk factors so all those things need to be addressed so lifestyle physical activity exercise uh, for me i think exercise is key you know um exercise has many benefits one of the benefits is in reducing that risk of um, developing dementia in later life thank you very much you're listening to doctors on air with dr pamela and dr tonya jaland i'm a consultant geriatrician and I have to introduce Sister Yinka Williams. Her name is actually Architect Yinka Williams. She's a professional, very distinguished lady. I admire her so much. So I came to Nigeria as a consultant geriatrician to come and impact the healthcare service in Nigeria for older people and I met um Sister Yinka in Nigeria. Now she's also the big sister of one of my colleagues. We went to medical school together. She is an excellent advocate for dementia management and care. I am sure she knows more than i do actually about dementia because she has spent years researching traveling the world she travels the world to attend conferences courses on dementia dementia research she knows so much about it the management she has looked into you know every single aspect of dementia management and care she knows about and she's an architect fantastic um fantastic. yes she cared for her Halit father until yes, he passed. Yes. So Yinka, thank you for being our hero and can you just share with us your experience, what you went through and why, you know, you have gone on this journey. Thank you very much uh, doctors, Dr. Stoya Jala and Dr. Pamela. And thank you everybody for inviting me over. I'll just go straight to the point. Uh my dad was diagnosed in 2010. 
But before then, I sort of picked up a few signs because I had another relative who had had dementia. So I was a little bit familiar with some of the signs I began to see. But you know how you begin to doubt that, no, it couldn't be my dad. It has to be somebody else they're talking about. You know, you, you're, you're fighting the whole, all the signs. Can you tell us some of those early signs that you noticed? Yeah, pretty much uh, uh, most of what uh, Dr. Ajala said. They won't forget you so easily. Yeah, he forgot some of his children, I have to say. He couldn't remember my name uh, up to a point. And then, you know, I'd come to him almost every day. And um, when friends come and visit, I'd warn them and say, look, he doesn't know anybody. And they're like, no, he will remember them. And as soon as they start to talk to them, he just shut down. And then I pick up a conversation with him and I say, oh, dad, when last did you see Yinka here? He says, no, she doesn't come here. So, you know, then they realize that he really has forgotten things. He can't care for himself. So I had to care for him, personal care. Uh, activities of daily living. He loved golf. He was a golfer all his life and he couldn't recognize his golf bags anymore. Um, he was a good eater. And so, you know, I just tried to be sure that um, he wasn't hungry because I knew that would make him restless. You know, by the time we found out it was that bad. Doctors' investigations, I think it had already gone far. In fact, I remember once uh, his um, physician, when I asked a funny question and he says, Yinka, the horse has already bolted. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and I've still seen the man that I used to know. And I'm still wondering, what are we talking about? So generally, he became less interactive with people. He was usually an outgoing person, the life of the party. And suddenly he just started to shut down and didn't feel like talking or didn't understand what we were talking about. So basically, and of course, uh, about the money, he'll call me and say, they've stolen all my money. And I'm like, no, that's not possible. And he says, no, you have to do something. They've stolen all my money. And then, you know, a lot of things. Yeah. You went on a journey, though. So I know that we don't have much time. Can you give us sort of a synopsis of what you've learned and share with us some of the learnings you've had um, along the way? Okay. Initially, I thought there would be a cure somewhere, hidden somewhere. So I started to go around uh, asking all sorts of questions, attend um, conferences, exhibitions, took a short course uh, at the Dementia School for Design in Scotland, um, would attend the Alzheimer's show in London and just kept, you know, everything I was looking for was there must be an answer somewhere. And one day I met with um, a radiologist at the Alzheimer's show. And I went to her and said, there had to be a way out. And she shook her head and said, I'm sorry, you know, you just have to manage to take care of him. And that was when, I think that must have been seven years after he was diagnosed, that it occurred to me that, okay, this is it. And then, you know, I stopped looking for a, a cure and then I realized we were in for complete care, but I didn't realize how long it was going to take. So from the diagnosis in 2010, he did not pass until 2021. Uh, 
So it took another five years to wade through what I would think had gone on to about the fifth stage of soup. I used to Google it and find out what to expect or if I saw things, you know, and I remember I'd go through what to expect and it would say to me, um, they would have difficulty with swallowing and I'm like, how does that happen? And then suddenly he would start choking on his liquids. All the fluids he was drinking was almost choking him. Mm. And we didn't know what to do. We started giving him less to drink. And of course, he starts to get dehydrated and that caused its own problems on its own. And we thought he wasn't because by then he couldn't really speak anymore. Um, but... The eating was okay. It was just the drinking. And we got a carer to come and help us with something. There was a lady who used to come and train us regularly. And she said, oh, this man has dysphagia. I'd never heard the word before. And the next thing we knew, you know, his eyes are watering and all that. And so we started to look for where to buy street fitness from. We could not find it in Nigeria, I'm sorry. So we started to send for, you know, would order a lot of it from the UK or the US. And that was how we managed him for another maybe five or six, no, for about another four years, four or five years until he passed. Um, it was not something, what shocked me about dementia is I'd wake up every day to see that there was a new thing that was staring me in the face. And, you know, I call my siblings, oh, this is what we're dealing with now. Where can we do this? How can we get this? Um, the carers in Nigeria, going back then, were not too familiar with the dementias. And um, so I had to learn a lot. We all had to learn a lot and try and feed them information as much as, you know, we'll tell them, look, don't be scared. And, you know, and I, I usually told them, it's not you that will kill him. So if you made a mistake, it's not your mistake that killed him. We're dealing with a very complex situation. And I, I have to understand that myself because many times we'd find all kinds of things. He used to come up with some sort of boils, which I think was called impertigo. And, you know, that kept going back and forth. Uh, but one of the things that you mentioned that's quite interesting was the accusations. Because one of the things that people often talk about is aggression, particularly early on, that they get aggressive with people. Did you find that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, I had to learn quickly to understand that um, it wasn't about me. And I didn't have to be offended by anything he said. And, you know, I think I read somewhere where it says it is the dementia. It's not about you, him. It's the dementia. So if anything was odd or went wrong, I quickly checked myself because it's easy for you to either get annoyed or get um, upset. upon oh, what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when I remind myself and say, look, it's not about you. You have to get through this. Find a way to get through it then found ways around it. I had a lot of friends uh, I called who were uh, doctors. Not many of them had passed through dementia themselves, but they were doctors and they would tell me, do this or get this or don't do that. And, you know, that helped as well.
I mean, we, we, could, we could spend all the time talking to you, but, you know, unfortunately, you won't believe the time is already up. Just wanted to go back to Dr. Ajala. Dr. Ajala, I know your institute is a special gerontology one. What, do you have things there or are there things there that you can use to help people, to support people who have dementia? What kind of things do you advise? Okay. Just so, sort of like the last words you have. Yes. To also wrap it up within, to, to give us last words for our listeners. Last words, JBS Gerontology Center. So we have got a day activities unit which I specifically wanted to set up, a dementia day activities unit. Because like I said, you know, um, earlier, and like um, Sister Inka has, first of all, dementia is not curable. But we have, there are ways in which we can slow down the progression of the disease. There are ways we can reduce that, you know, acceleration, you know, so that let's say it was going to take five years to get to that stage where, um, it, it's really so bad. Maybe we can slow it down enough so that we have a slightly longer time when it's manageable. So we have a dementia day activities unit and that unit is available three times a week. We have people there who've got memory issues that come in and we engage them in brain stimulating activities and all sorts of other activities. You know, this is an, in addition to also giving some, um, you know, medical treatments as in medicines that help to slow down the progression of the disease and we have found we've had excellent testimonials from those who have been attending that um the activities unit and so that's that's one thing we have at the at jbs gerontology center that is different to others because there are lots of day activities units but, but with ours we have a specific focus on dementia the Dementia Day Activities Unit. We actually call it the Memory Day Unit. Thank you. Sister Yinka? I would say to most people to, first of all, be very vigilant with their parents. And uh, the only way you can do that is to become very patient with them and not wave off everything you see with, oh, they're just old, oh, she's, you know, grandma is just like this or like that. Pay attention to a lot of things and uh, listen to them, yeah, it gets exhausting, yes. It gets uh, tiring. It sometimes is like a waste of time, but um, that's where to pick up the few things. I like the way Dr. Ajala says um, the interventions for perhaps slowing down the rate of uh, progression of this de neurodegenerative disease. And um, it's it's it's... The, the best thing is just to carry on, take every um, situation one by one, find out about it, ask questions. The, the Gerontology Center will be a very good help. Um, ask friends. Unfortunately, people are very shrouded in secretive. secretive. Mm. And that's, that doesn't help at all. In fact, that's the worst thing to do. Don't lock people up. Don't um, shut them away from family members. We've heard a lot about social interaction. That's the only way to get them decluttered with uh, the depression issues that may have maybe set in. Um, generally, I would say be open, find ways to learn. I became very friendly with them at um, the Yaba um, Neuropsychiatric Center. I'm not afraid to walk into that unit anymore. Before, I used to be worried about going to Yaba left, but, you know, I find that it's, it's a very, very 
friendly place to go to. That's the kind of place I had access to back in uh, 2010-2011. Otherwise, um, I think what worries me the most is, you know, how to use lifestyle choices and things to learn to hope that we can all prevent this dreadful disease that's progressing at an alarming rate from happening to any of us. Thank you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate your sharing. Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela.